0: This is Psalms to God, Season 1, Episode 42, Science of the Brain. You can find the show notes for this episode at of slash scienceofthebrain. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 23, verse 7, King James Version. Hey guys, welcome back to the Psalms to God podcast. So last week I started off a conversation about guarding the avenues to your mind. And in that podcast episode, I kept it pretty superficial. I talked about my own experiences, what I had um, been convicted of by the Holy Spirit, the verses that led me to that conviction, what I was trying to do, um, and the fact that I had been on a journey to kind of reevaluate what I watch and what I listen to. But I didn't really get into the deep details of how our minds work and how this affects our brain. And I thought that that was an important part of the conversation too, because you know, I'm not really sure who all's listening. Some of you may be believers and it may be enough for the Bible to tell you this. Um, some people may be you know a little rocky in their faith, and other, other listeners may not be believers at all. You might just be curious as to what I'm talking about. And so I thought it was definitely necessary to go through and kind of flesh out that idea and that conviction with some of the things that I've learned and noticed that are, I guess, more scientific um, as I went through the journey. So the first thing that I want to talk about is the effect of music on our mood and on our development. So there have been countless studies about how music affects us, whether it's a developmental thing, whether it's a human thing, whether it's mood, um, there are just, there's just a ton of studies. There's an abundance. If you Google it, you will find studies upon studies upon studies about music and how it affects us. And one of the things that I think that I, I noticed as I went through this journey, I came across, I think a video or something, and it was demonstrating this point. If you take a movie, Think of one of your favorite movies and then you take out the soundtrack. So you watch the movie, but the music that that goes with the movie is gone. It totally changes the movie. The music builds the suspense. It builds the feelings, whatever the mood is, the music is used to set that mood. So if they want you to feel on edge, they play a certain type of music. If they want you to be excited, they play a certain type of music. If they want you to feel like aggressive or on edge, there's another type of music. If they want it to be a love scene, there's a different type of music. They use the music to set the mood. And as soon as they take that music away, the entire thing changes. It totally ruins the movie. Trust me, if you look it up, you will. You might be able to find clips where they've done this. And it's astounding how pivotal that soundtrack is in creating the feeling that you get when watching the movie. And this is true in our day-to-day lives. I may have mentioned this in a previous podcast. When I used to drive, I would be speeding like crazy because I was listening to aggressive, fast tempo music. And then if I listened to slower music, I would get tired and bored and sleepy. And so I had to find something in the middle to listen to. All of this confirms that the music that I'm listening to has an effect on how I feel. Now, what does that have to do with what I was talking about before? You know, a lot of times people say, oh, I'm not listening to the lyrics, I don't care about that, I just need this for this purpose or whatever. Okay, fine, let's say you don't listen to the lyrics and let's pretend like these lyrics are not going into your mind anyway. That's a whole nother discussion. Um, Like I said, the mood that is set from the music is important. So if you listen to aggressive music and you listen to it all the time, that is the mood that you are putting yourself in all the time. That is the state that your body is constantly in. You're creating tension, you're creating anxiety, you're creating stress in your body because you're putting yourself in this mood unnecessarily all the time. The same thing, if you like sad, slow songs, then, that's the mood you're putting yourself in. If you listen to depressing music all the time, you will be depressed because that the mood that that music creates is going to spill over into your life. So, that is one of the things that is important about when you're thinking about what you're listening to. It is setting the tone for your emotion. It's setting the tone for your movie, your story. You're picking the soundtrack. And that soundtrack is going to directly affect the quality of the movie that is your life. So you want to pick things that say what you want your life to be. You want it to be happy. You want it to be bubbly, whatever. Whatever it is. Now you may have a moment where, you, where a sad song is appropriate or you may have a moment where an aggressive song is appropriate or whatever the mood that that song is creating. But you want to make sure that the overall message of your soundtrack is one that agrees with your beliefs, one that agrees with your mood, and one that is of positivity, as Paul said in Philippians 4 verse eight, dwell on the things that are pure and holy and positive and of good report. You don't want your life soundtrack to be angry and aggressive. So that is one of the first things that I really started to notice Um, I listened to a lot of ratchet music when I was in college, and I had a short temper. I stopped listening to ratchet music, my temper stopped being so short. There is definitely a direct correlation. It was not just, oh, I got older and I grew out of it. It's definitely correlated to what I was feeding my brain all the time. Speaking of feeding your brain all the time, let's talk about the patterns that get created in your brain and how this affects you. So the next thing I wanna talk about is something called neuroplasticity. So the way your brain works is that when you do something, it lights up what they call a pathway in your brain. And this is like the neurons and basically the path in your brain that lights up as you perform an action. So these are the, basically it's the key code for how you perform this action. The more you do something, the stronger that pathway becomes, the more natural it becomes, the easier it is for you to perform that function. So if you think about the things that you've been doing since you were born, walking, talking, you don't have to think that hard about doing it. You can move your hand and not even think about the fact that you're moving your hand. You can, you breathe, you talk, you do this effortlessly and you don't really have to think about it. You don't have to put much effort into it. But other things, things that you may have never done before, Um, they take more coordination. It takes more skill and it requires you to step outside of your comfort zone to do it. That's because there's no pathway created. You're creating a new path and that is more difficult than using a path that's already there. This is what we call habit forming. So our habits are these paths that we have created and that we have treaded on frequently. So the more we tread on it, the more habitual it becomes, the easier it becomes. We just take that path all the time. People are, you know, creatures of habit. We choose the path of least resistance. And so that is what we do with our minds. So like I said about listening to the same type of music all the time, the same feeling getting that you're getting from this music creates these pathways. The same thing with what you're watching on TV, your actions that you're taking, who you're hanging out with, what you're saying, all of these things are creating pathways in your brain, and the, sh- the more you do it, the stronger that pathway, the harder it is to do something else or to do something that's the opposite of what you are carving out in your brain. Think about it like this. Imagine that you live in a house at the edge of a forest, and there is a city on the other side of the forest. So every day, from the time that you're a child until the time you're an adult, you walk through the forest to get to the city. And you've been walking the same way your whole life. So there is now a path through the forest from your house to the city. And because you've been walking on this path every day since you were a little kid, each time you walked across this path, you've stepped out, stamped out, all possible growth within the path. So bushes aren't growing up, weeds, trees, whatever, because every time you walk through there, you stomp on whatever would have grown up out of the ground that is how paths are created in a forest. One day, if somebody comes to your house and tells you that there is actually a quicker route to the city, you would love to go that way, but there's no path there. In order for you to go this new way, then you have to create a path. There may be a tree in the way, there may be a bush in the way, there may be weeds, there may be spider webs, anything. You're gonna have to get tools and carve out a path in order to go that direction. It's gonna be more difficult. And it's not already set before you, so you may be a little rocky as to how this path should go. Does it go straight? Does it turn here? Where does it turn? You might get lost in the woods trying to carve out this new path. It's hard. So more than likely you're just gonna keep going down the same path you've already been going down because it's clear, it's defined, you know how that works you know where the end is you know exactly what's going to happen so that is what we do as people with our brains now the great thing about our brains like i said if you study neuroplasticity or if you look it up is that our brains do have the ability to form these new paths we can create a new pathway and we can get rid of the old path it just takes a lot of work it takes effort it takes intentionality so you can gather up some tools, you can cut down the trees, mow the grass, get rid of the weeds, get rid of the spider webs, and you can create a whole new path to where you're trying to go. And as you create that path and the more you take that path and neglect the old path, then you know things will start to sprout up, trees will grow, and then this other path will eventually become part of the forest and it's like it never existed. That is what we have to do for the bad habits that we develop. Each of us has been living for some time, whether you've been living for five years, 25 years, 55 years, you've developed some habits and they are cemented in your brain, or at least it feels like they're cemented in your brain. And it's gonna take time to redirect your thoughts, to reprogram your brain to take another path. And so when you notice yourself falling into the same habit, the same trap, over and over again, this is why. So we want to stop and think out those decisions. This is where when you notice that you do stuff on, you know, on repeat, on automatic, on autopilot, that's the word I'm looking for. um, You want to stop and slow it down, slow down the process so that you have time to think about it. And then you want to make intentional and deliberate decisions to go through this new path. And it's going to be hard. It's going to take time. But you definitely want to reshape your mind so that you can cut out your bad habits. But in the vein of what we're talking about, you also want to make sure you watch what habits you are forming. So when you're dwelling on things that are negative, when you're dwelling on things that are not productive and not of God, you're creating pathways in your brain that are counter to what you want. And then later you have to go and make the effort to break those pathways to sever them and to create new pathways it's much much easier if you just create healthy and positive paths in your brain in the first place so that is one thing to be thought about as you're doing things now the real kicker the real deal the the thing that really blew my mind as i started to study the brain and how the brain works was this thing called mirror neurons. Mirror neurons are in our brains and they provide us with the ability to be empathetic. And that's great, they're what makes us human. Um, Mirror neutrons are the things that give us the reactions we have when we see other people in pain or we see other people happy or whatever. You know, they say smiles are contagious. When you see somebody laughing and you start laughing too. You don't know why they're laughing. You don't know why you're laughing, but they laugh, so you laugh. The same thing happens when you see people injure themselves. So, for instance, you see somebody drop something on their foot and it makes you, you know, you clench your foot or or roll your, curl your toes or whatever because you feel like it hurts you too. When you see people walk into something and then you flinch because, um you feel some sort of connection to what's being done or what you're seeing and it happens when we watch movies you see people you know crying in movies and you may feel like crying or for instance i've seen things in movies where people are embarrassed and i feel embarrassed for the character like i'm also embarrassed and you always wonder like why is that happening it happens because of mirror mirror neurons so what they did to discover these things is they took this monkey and they hooked up electrodes to the monkey's brain and then they brought in a second monkey and they handed the second monkey a banana and the second monkey you know peeled open the banana and started to eat it but what they noticed was that the first monkey the pathway that lit up in his brain was exactly the same as if he had peeled open the banana and eaten it so basically, when we see somebody do something or we see somebody, you know, feeling something, it is exactly the same in our brain as if we were to do it. So if I watch you walk into the wall, the same pathway in my brain is lit up as if I walked into the wall. So that's definitely, definitely an eye opener, and it means something big. It's really serious. It's great for sympathy, right? It's great for empathy. It's great for helping us be great followers of Christ. You know, God said, um, "You know, love thy neighbor. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you." So obviously, if I see you and you're crying, and that makes me feel like I'm gonna cry, I'm gonna be more compassionate to you. I'm gonna go try to understand you. I'm gonna try to stop you from crying, etc., etc. That's great. But on the flip side, that means, again, guarding what we're watching, because seeing it is the same as doing it in your mind. So you are creating a pathway in your mind of that action that you saw. So in the previous episode, I talked about how I used to watch extremely violent movies. So me watching someone kill somebody on TV, In my mind, it's lighting up the same pathway that would have lit up if I had killed somebody. So you're creating a pathway in your brain of a murderer over and over and over and over. That's not the kind of pathway I want in my brain. That's not the kind of pattern that I want in my head. I don't want to think like a murderer. I don't want to think like somebody who has a violent temper or anything like that. So, the entertainment that we're watching is having a direct effect on the pathways in our brain because of this mirror neuron effect. So, when we watch things, we have to be extra careful about what it is that we're allowing ourselves to see. Because if we're watching violent things, sexual things, um, you know, horror movies, whatever the case may be, those things are creating habitual patterns in our brain because we are seeing them. And in our brain, our even though we consciously know it's not real, we consciously know that we have not done this and that we should not do this. Our subconscious is processing it as though we've done it. And some of us, most of us hopefully have the cognizance to separate this fiction and reality. So we're not necessarily gonna go out and become serial killers. But it can have the effect of altering our thoughts. Maybe now our thoughts are slightly more violent or maybe we have a shorter temper. Like I said, I used to have a really short temper. Um, Or maybe just like we have random thoughts. You know, don't leave me hanging. I know all of us have had these weird random thoughts. You think something you're like, oh my goodness, why did i think that that is so crazy i would never do that i don't want to do that and you're like where did that come from that comes from us creating these patterns in our brain because we've been watching things that are altering the pathways in our brain essentially so you're basically allowing these external things to shape your thoughts and even though me my con my conscious self would never think that my subconscious is thinking it because that pathway has been created subconsciously. So it's popping out into my conscious and my conscious has to fight to push it back because my conscious is like, no, 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 that's not OK. So we don't want to have the war within ourselves. I mean, we, we have enough things to worry about. We, you know, That's never going to go completely away. But you don't want to create those kinds of problems. So you want to make sure that you're feeding your brain healthy and positive messages that you can it's okay to mirror those things. Like the things that you want to mirror are the things that you should watch, not the things that you would never ever want yourself to do. So, I hope that these, you know, this in-depth look or this more detailed look at how your brain works is helpful for you and that it makes you think a little bit more about what you're consuming and and the time you're spending with certain types of media and certain types of music and how it's making you feel. Um, Of course, like I said, everything is a case-by-case situation. You should always let the Holy Spirit dictate what you are and are not allowing in your life. Um, But it's definitely important, like I said, to be mindful of these things and to watch how it's affecting you, what kind of patterns it's creating, what kind of behavioral traits you start to see in yourself or you start to see minimize when you cut these things out. So hopefully this can inspire you and help you to get a grip on your own mind and take back control of your mind because like I said a lot of the things that come out of Hollywood are not good for your mind so you definitely want to maintain as much control as you possibly can and of course you know this week I just want to challenge you to think about it to be more present and more conscious as you're watching things as you're listening to things as you're having conversations with people in your circle and see if they are beneficial if they are positive or if they are things that are hindering you that are making you feel low that are you know keeping you in the dark and if it's something that is not helping you then you need to get rid of it because at the end of the day you don't want to tether yourself to things that are weighing you down so have a great week And I will see you next time. As always, references will be in the show notes, www.psalmstogod.com slash science of the brain. See you next time.